man by the name of LeBron James, you will now be facing him in the NBA Finals. What is that going to be like? <laughs> I mean, that, that's a great storyline, right? Can you let us enjoy this uh, for a little bit right now? This is hard to do. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning, everybody. And it is a very happy Monday. Now that we know who is going to be in the NBA Finals, I'm Dave DeFore. I'm joined by Jared Weiss and Mo Dakil. And Jade Hoy is booking a trip to Miami. Oh, wait. That's right. Guys, don't miss out on exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season and the NBA Finals. Subscribe now and save. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. You will get an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back. We're back. The finals are back. And you don't want to miss any of the big stories or breaking news on your favorite teams or the Miami Heat. So go to theathletic.com slash daily ding to receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Coming up on today's show, it's all heat culture tonight. But first, guys... Uh, let's just start with the result of this game. The Miami Heat defeat the Boston Celtics 125 to 113 in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. And Miami has sealed a bid for the NBA Finals. I want to start just there. Uh, Mo, this team, all of us kind of took them for granted. We, we overlooked them in our early season predictions. And here they are in the finals. Yeah, you got to give them credit. This is a team that did a great job just building throughout the course of the season and then of course with the hiatus and everything that happened they they uh found a way to stay together and they it felt like of all the teams they were the most excited to be in the bubble they were the ones saying we're we're ready for this we're built for this and it it turns out they actually might have been um so you know the way they came in there conditioned ready to roll for the most part i mean you just got to tip your hat to them they knocked off everybody when you look at it you know, they took out the Bucks, the top team. They took out the Celtics. And now they're going to the finals. You know, the only thing they team they missed out on was the Toronto Raptors. Jared, I want to go ahead and jump into this game in particular because, you know, we can learn a lot from it. And I think Boston will learn a lot from it. One of those things that they haven't learned yet is how to stop Bam Adebayo. They're going to have to play them next year. You know, I, I think the road to the finals is going to go through Miami again, it feels so Boston needs to be ready. What do you feel like they can take away from this series? Because Bam killed them, killed them tonight. 32 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. It just felt like he was he was running on all cylinders. You know, the thing that's so remarkable about what Bam just did is that the Celtics were actually built well to match up here. Like, they were built to be a team that could switch across the board, but still have a center that can either switch or he can roll with big guys and Daniel Tice. They had another one in Rob Williams that actually I thought was pretty solid when he got his limited opportunities to do so. And even Grant Williams did a pretty good job against Bam, who has been his nemesis since high school. And yet on a bio is just such an relenting, unrelenting force that no matter how many times they found a way, like they just started to figure out a way to contain him. Eric Spolster would make some sort of adjustment. They would put Bam in some way that he could be valuable and he would kill them. And it's because he's just such a versatile player. He's a big that can do, you know, he's not a shooter yet, 
and I'm I, I'm pretty confident he's going to be a solid outside shooter at some point in his career. But he can he can fill any role that you need him to fill. Whether he is a playmaker off the dribble, a playmaker as a screener and DHO guy, or just a pick and roll guy, he can be any kind of big you want him to be. And therefore, Miami can be any type of offense that they want to be. And so, whenever the Celtics would adjust and they'd start finding a way to stop Miami, Miami would turn into a different team and they would just hit back again. Mo, what should they have done? Prayed. Um, <laughs> I mean, is Bam, no. Bam, is he an unsolvable problem or is he just a problem that hasn't been solved yet? I think it's a little bit of both. He's a unsolvable problem for the Celtics right now because I just don't think they have anybody that could guard him. And that's not a shot on anybody the Celtics. He's pretty damn good, folks. Like mm-hmm. we saw what he did. I mean, this in this game, you know, he started – attack from the top of the key, you know, from the top of the three-point line and driving into the paint and making plays. And he had a left-hand finish over uh, Jalen Brown in the third or fourth quarter. Like, I just don't think they had somebody that could take him on. And that's really the the issue for the Celtics when it came to stopping Bam. And then it led to just opening other things up. We talked about it on Nerder the other day. You know, it's a chicken or the egg. What came first? You know, did the Miami shooters open up the floor for Bam or did Bam Bam's rolls on the pick and rolls open it up for the shooters? And it's a bit of both because guys are afraid to leave Duncan Robinson, Dragic, you know, all those guys from three to tag the rollers. And when that happens, that's what opens up the lob for, for Bam. So I just think Boston was in a tough situation in terms of defending Bam. I their hope had to have been to be able to hold everybody else down, which they couldn't do this series. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the shooting. Miami's shooting rebounded in this game. They were 13 of 27 from three, 48%. Pretty good. And it does seem like you have to stop one to stop the other. If Miami is hitting shots, and, and we saw it in this series, it just seems like Bam has a bit, an easier time. And him having an easier time makes it easier on those shooters Jared, I'm not really sure what else Boston could have done defensively, to be honest with you. The, the way that, that Miami shoots, they're hitting contested shots. I mean, Duncan Robinson was hitting shots with Jalen Brown in his mug. Sometimes you just have to tip your cap and say, you know, that's a great shot. I, we don't have the uh, second spectrum data yet. We'll, we'll get that in the morning on how many shots were contested. But I can think of very, very few. And we did see the first, you know, four to five games of this series. Boston was getting lazy a lot of the time on not closing out on some tough closeouts and not just making it a little bit tougher for Miami on some of these open shots. And Boston was so much better at that in game five. And then it did kind of slip a little bit more in game six. And I think the funny thing is that while you know what? They were going to give up those wide open threes, Iguodala that he hit in the first half that was going to kill them, whatever. But most of the shots that Hero and Robinson and Dragic hit were very well defended, especially considering how prevalent landing space fouls have been in both of these series and the conference finals. Like the Celtics did a pretty good job of closing out hard without fouling for the most part. And it was just like, you know, stuff like in the fourth quarter where Hero is driving on Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's even fouling him. They're not even calling it. And he's still hitting these incredible layups. Like there was just remarkable one-on-one play that I think Boston, frankly, did everything that they could to try to stop it. And Miami shooters are just of that caliber that they can make the impossible plays. I mean, there was one three that Duncan Robinson hit where Jalen Brown went under the dribble handoff 
and he came off of Bam, and he pulled right up. And listen, Brown gave a great contest, but Robinson is such a good shooter. He honestly just needs the slightest amount of airspace, and he can get that shot off. And he did, and he drilled it. I mean, that's just the difference there in this game. You know, it was a matter of inches in terms of getting to those shooters. Duncan Robinson going five for seven from three. You know, that was a guy you couldn't let go off at all. And unfortunately, those five threes hurt him. Talking about erectile dysfunction, guys, it's very difficult to do. Usually we just brush that off. We blame ourselves. I lost my mojo. I'm exhausted. Things like that. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Just go to GetRoman.com slash ding and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash ding today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash ding. GetRoman.com slash ding. Speaking of slash ding, Boston was not slashing enough at the end of this game, Jared. Their their late game offense, everyone seemed really, really tight. Yeah, I've written about this so much during the playoff run, but part of their problem with Tatum turning into a superstar is that their offense became very isolation-heavy, late in games. And the one thing that I think was a consistent flaw that Stevens was addressing throughout the playoff run was that they became both, they became a few things tight, tried to hit home runs. As he likes to say, he likes using his football analogies. Uh, They kept trying to hit home runs every single time instead of just working the play. And they also, for the most part, stopped running actual plays from their playbook. Like they have a pretty good playbook that creates good looks for them most of the time. And they run away from it at the end of games as they all, every single player starts trying to win the game back and just get the eight point lead down to three points in the blink of an eye. And we saw that happen in this game where they felt the game slipping and they started putting up threes early in the shot clock. The markets, you know, it's not an NBA playoff game. If Marcus smart doesn't take a three with 17 seconds left on the shot clock in crunch time, like it's going to happen at some point, but it's, he's not the only culprit. Everybody was guilty of this and they just seem to lose trust in each other and in the system when they get into those tightest moments. And I think that's a good example of an area where continuity is going to really benefit them in the future, but clearly was something that they just weren't able to figure out during the playoffs. And it's stark, Here's, stark contrast when you when you compare to what the Heat do at the end of games. It, it's what the Heat do offensively in general, right? Their whole offense is based on movement and cutting and things like that and all of that stuff. But I want to go one thing Jared said. Yo, Marcus Smart can't have 13 threes in a game. I'm, unless he's 12 or 13, he cannot be taking 13 threes in a game. Like, that's just not – and a lot of them were – some of them were good threes. Some of them were catch-and-shoot threes. But when he's catching it, dribbling and trying to isolate and then pulling up a three, you can't have that. And that happened all game long. You know, the worst thing that happens for the Celtics is Marcus Smart makes his first two or three shots. Because then he's hot, folks, and he's going to be shooting the rest of the game. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, there are very few games he remains hot from the first quarter all the way to the fourth. And he honestly, he just killed them with that. And over and over again, his shot selection was such a problem because he gives you so much defensively and he gives you a lot of fight, but he kills you every time when he takes those shots. Some of them might as well just be turnovers. I mean, that the late game execution for them was a lot of early shot clock, just jack the ball up. I mean, they weren't getting, I mean, there was one from Kemba in like semi-transition where yep. it was, it was just odd. It was a weird time to take it. I, I don't know if he thought a defender was going to run into him or what, but it, it felt like, and Jared, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it felt like that shot and, or maybe the next one that was also kind of rushed might've just sapped all the offensive energy that they had. I think it did because I mean, don't forget the Celtics when they've been winning, especially over the past few games, it was when they were getting stops and exploding in transition. And that's how they, you know, receives this lead in the early fourth quarter was just the incredible pressure that Jalen Brown was putting to get some, you know, one-on-one transition opportunities. And then as Miami's hitting back and Bam is just kind of tearing them apart in delayed transition, they're thinking, all right, well, if Bam is doing this to us and he's just kind of blowing us up, then we got to keep hitting back and we got to fight fire with fire. But you don't necessarily have to keep the game at an out-of-control pace. You can actually try to settle in and start running actions to get your best players good looks. And the funny thing is, you know, they had four 20-point scores once again. Like, it's pretty remarkable how they're able to spread this thing around, but Jalen Brown, at the end of the day, of those four 20-point scores, he's the only one that took less than 10 threes, and he's their best three-point shooter. And there is a degree of that you do have to try to force those looks to get them to your best guys, as opposed to just trying to come down. And if you see a brief window of opportunity, thinking, well, I'm capable of taking advantage of this, so I'm going to go for it. Well, now that they've lost, where does Boston go from here? You know, We, we touched on this briefly on, on Buds and, and – the immediate thought was, get an upgraded center. But Tice is pretty good. You know, this was the fourth-ranked defense in, in the regular season. Jared, I'm going to ask you, you're, you're our expert on the Boston Celtics. Where, where do they go from here? Because clearly you don't blow it up. I mean, there's nothing to blow up. This is a conference finalist. Yeah, I mean, their two variables are Hayward and Smart. Those are the, those are the pieces that they could move in a trade that could give them something at the five. And I'm not one of those people that thinks, oh, well, they have to get a star center that they can run offense through and, you know, or that's like a shot blocker and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they they showed this year and Tice had some great moments in the series and even had some good moments in this game as well. And Tice was a huge star in the in the game five win. I mean, they've seen that they can get this done with Tice, but those moments where Rob Williams came out there and was just super effective was able to you know he was able to take away the vertical spacing from Anabio. he was able to clean up some of the stuff on the offensive end that they were relying on Cantor to do without having nearly as many defensive woes as Cantor I think we did see that there's a higher level that they can achieve if they do have a really dominant center and Rob Williams has the talent to get there but he obviously just has such a far way to go so it's possible that they can just bring in Rob Williams more and more and more over the next year or two and have him fulfill that opportunity. But, you know, they, they also showed that they don't have to have Gordon Hayward to be a, you know, a title contending team and Hayward who definitely was very sluggish and really struggled in this game. Uh, he was just a step slow. It was very apparent. And that really was costing them. Um, but 
you know, I think that if Smart can find a way to control himself, then they don't necessarily have to have Hayward, and they might be able to find a situation that's actually mutually agreeable for Hayward, where they can move him and they can bring some more talent. Like, for instance, Indiana, where Oladipo, he wants to go to Miami. Um, Miles Turner may not want to be there anymore. You know, there could be some sort of deal like that that actually could work pretty well for both sides. But Otherwise, I think the Celtics, they have a nice, they have a few nice young players that could grow into good rotation players like Grant Williams, Romeo Lankford, obviously was an afterthought and was hurt for most of this time, but he, he definitely brings something to the table. So they could just stick where they are and continue to push forward with this. And maybe that'll help make Kemba Walker more effective against playoff defenses. And maybe Hayward will actually be healthy when they need him. Um, But other, you know, otherwise there, there's not a ton of opportunity for massive reform here. I think they they still got to kind of upgrade the center. Everything you said, Jared was was right on in that sense. The only problem with developing Robert Williams is that's three or four years down the road, and that's if everything goes right. And I think you know, and as good as Tice was, you know, and I think Tice is good. I don't see Tice getting that much better. And At all better. They need better. Yeah, probably probably at a ceiling right now. I agree with yeah. that definitely. And 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 I don't and they need better to get past Bam next season to whatever the Giannis is with the Bucks next season. Like they're going to need better in that scenario. And it doesn't have to be a star guy. It doesn't even have to be a guy that requires post touches or anything like that. But they just need the upgraded version of Tice. And that's that's really what's going to come down to it. That's the thing I harped on all year. I just said I don't think they have the size. And ultimately, that's what kind of got them at the very end. They did well without it. But at the, in the long run, I just think that's the position right there. Every, everywhere else, they're solid. And if it takes Hayward to get those one of those guys and maybe you're giving up the better talent for the better fit, then I think you got to do it because I think that works perfectly for that team in that scenario because that puts them at the chance right now they're championship contenders they're not a team that needs to wait you know they need to try to go win the championship in the next two or three years as long as they have Kemba you know and I think that's an important thing for them so that's where I'm at with them the future is now uh, as we talked about on last week's Nerder she wrote uh that's gonna do it for today folks we are at the NBA finals somehow 341 days after the start of the regular season uh that begins Wednesday night and the daily ding of course will be here for you. Uh, don't forget about all of our other basketball shows across the athletic podcast network. It's going to be a huge week for us. Of course, the athletic NBA show, we've got basketballs coming out today. We've got tampering Tuesday, hoops adjacent Wednesday point of contention on Thursday. And of course, nerd she wrote Friday, and it's all going to be very finals heavy this week. We're bringing out the big guns. Uh, don't forget about the teams, team specific shows. You know, we've got that that Lakers show that you guys should all listen to with Bill Orem, and it's fantastic. So go and check that out. Follow the shows that you want to listen to on the app so you get a notification every time a new episode drops. If you're not a member of The Athletic, don't forget theathletic.com slash daily ding. Just a buck a month. You never know when that's going to stop. Thank you guys for waking up with us as always. Fellas, please take us home. Ding dong. Ding dong.